All right, everyone, welcome to today's podcast. And what we're talking about today is how do you create a support system to support your weight loss, right? That's, that's the topic here. And there's three kind of key areas that I wanna talk about because this is one of the most overlooked aspects of weight loss is that so often we think of losing weight almost as a, a personal solitary process, right? That's kind of the diet. Um, thing they've taught us is that you're going to start a diet and just do it on your own and uh, no support system needed. And I find that to not be very true. And so um, the first thing I want to talk about is there's three of them. But the first thing I want to talk about is the people around you, friends, family, coworkers. Um, we're going to start there because they are not the support system, unfortunately, in most cases. So I'm not saying that it could never be a support system, but I think you want to go into your weight loss assuming that family, friends, coworkers, acquaintances, people in your life now are not going to be the support system for your weight loss. Um, if you do have support system from those people, great, consider it a bonus, but it is not their job to support you in this. I know that sounds messed up. Um, most people are just kind of just doing what they can to just, just survive day to day. So they don't have the the energy mentally, physically, or emotionally to support your weight loss in the way that you would benefit from most. Um, the second thing about those people that are in your life is that a lot of times they don't support you because they don't necessarily want you to succeed. Now, I don't blame people for this, so I want to make that clear. Um, however, it's really important to recognize that when you start changing, when you start making healthier choices in your life and you start slimming down, you start living better, it puts a lot of pressure on people in your life, you know, and we don't want to know that. Um, you know, we, we don't want to think that. We don't want to think that we're, you know, that, that people in our lives don't want us to succeed. Uh, but it's just kind of true, you know, because it's kind of like when you start eating better, when you start living healthier, it's kind of like you're holding up a mirror to them. And it kind of makes them more aware of what they're doing, the situation they're in. And that can be uncomfortable, you know? So I think it doesn't feel fair that on top of like, trying to eat better and exercise and make healthy lifestyle changes, that on top of that, you also have to be sensitive to the people in your life and understand that they don't necessarily want you to change, okay? Um, but that's how I see it. And so that may not be your case, but it may also may be your case. And if that's what you're dealing with, then you have to acknowledge it and then find solutions. So let's get to the two solutions in terms of how do you find someone that, uh, how do you find a support system? And I think the first step is we want to break that support system into two categories. The first one is I'm going to start with someone that you can learn from. Okay. Because a lot of times with, when it comes to weight loss, you know, we'll get a diet plan or a book and we kind of learn the ideas of it. And then we try and do it all ourselves. And that's a very difficult thing to do. Again, if we put it in like, like trying to learn a language by yourself, um, trying to learn a musical instrument by yourself. That's kind of hard, right? Because you're starting with a lack of awareness of how to do this. And even if you read a book on it, even if you listen to a language program, there's a lot of nuance that you're missing. So the first step is to find someone who's getting the results that you want, okay? And, and when I say results you want, what I mean is not just strategies, not just like what to do, um, but what is the mindset behind it? How are they thinking about things? Again, it's the subtle, I, I use a phrase like the soft skills 
uh, of weight loss because so often when it comes to weight loss, we're so fixated on the hard skills of you know, calories and you know nutrition and, and macros and, and, and all the specifics, but we forget the, the soft skills of mindset, um, the beliefs you have, what you think's possible, um, who your role models are. You know, so being able to learn from someone who's not just getting the results you want, but getting the results you want in the way that you want is so helpful. And so if you, the closer you can get to that person um, in terms of interacting with them and speaking with them and really understand their mindset, the more valuable it's going to be for you. But that's one of the key supports is that you're going to be able to learn from people um, that can kind of guide you along the way, right? They're, they're at least a step ahead of you. And so you can learn from them. Um, and now there's the, the the next category of support system for you that you want to seek out is people that are the same level as you, you know, I, I guess and or a level behind. So maybe there's a third category. Um, but you want people that are you're kind of going through this with. That's really, really helpful. And, and I can tell you in my program, you know, we have group coaching calls and people getting to see other people dealing with the exact same things they're dealing with. Not only do they learn the, the skills and strategies needed to kind of move forward, but I think more importantly, what happens is people don't feel so isolated and they don't feel like I'm the only one dealing with this. You know, once you start to realize oh, everyone's dealing with this, everyone trying to lose weight is dealing with these, these kind of odd, odd things that you hadn't thought of before, right? Cause your weight loss isn't about just like the calories. It's not just like knowing exactly what to do. It's the motivation. It's the feeling momentum. It's the encouragement that a group can bring, you know, or it doesn't have to be a big group but just some, at least one other person who kind of can relate to what you're going through. And having that in your life is so helpful because you don't feel so isolated. I'm telling you, when anytime we try to do something on our own, we're always gonna have ups and downs. And when the downs come, if we're all by ourselves, then it's very difficult to stay on track because our mind starts working against us. You say, well, everyone else can do this, it's me. There's something wrong with me. I don't have the motivation. I don't have the willpower. I can't do this. And when you start seeing a group of people that you can relate to and you say, okay, they're just like me and you see them coming up with the same problems and then you see them passing through those problems, you find them, you know, you see them finding genuine solutions to things they thought they would never answer. Um, when you see that week after week along the path, it's very helpful. Now, again, you've probably done this in school, you know, now school's a different context a little bit, but again, you have someone showing you what to do. And if you have questions, they know and they can help you move along the path. And then you're seeing other people in the same situation you're in. So you feel a sense of connection and a sense of context to what you're actually doing here. And that, yeah, it sounds easy when someone describes it to you how to do it, but the actual process of learning and actually getting the skills under your belt is something that takes time and reinforcement and it's difficult at first. You know, and so when you're in a group of people that are going through that same process together, again, they, well, they always say like misery loves company, but there's a truth to that, right? If, if when we're by ourselves trying to lose weight, we, as soon as we hit a rough spot, we think we're the only one. We think it's our, it's because of us. And when you hit a rough spot in a group, well, A, you've already seen other people hit the rough spots and you've seen how they've overcome them. But now when you do hit that rough spot, you have a different context for it because you're not by yourself. You realize, oh yeah, this is what... Mary was talking about last week. You know, this is the same thing she was dealing with. And so you're kind of prepared for that and consistently seeing other people move through their struggles, approach them, acknowledge them, identify them and move through them. Watching that process, you know, over and over and over again, it builds up kind of that resilience muscle 
that I think is so weak with people with the dieting. And I think a big reason why it is so weak is there's such a lack of support systems when people want to lose weight. You know, to be honest, that's why Weight Watchers was probably one of the better programs. I mean, the plan itself isn't anything that great, but the 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 community aspect to it was very valuable, you know? And so I always look to emulate that in my program. And it, it is very valuable when people get to see each other. So again, the, the takeaway from all this is to really take a step back from your weight loss and look at the support system that you have. You know, again, start with the people that are currently in your life that that are not, their job is not to be a support system. And to some degree, you have to manage their lack of enthusiasm for your success. Um, but then find a support system, find someone you can learn from that can kind of help you and guide you along the way. It shortcuts the system and find a group of people or at least a, a person or a couple people that are going through the same process with you. It is probably the most effective strategy to get the results that you want. So, um, cool. I want to get to some questions. If you have any questions, uh, cats here does late. Oh, <laughs> did I miss anything? I don't think so. And by the way, just so you all know, if, um, if you do ever feel like you miss anything, I, I almost always live stream these to YouTube on my YouTube channel. And so you can always watch, um, the replays. I, I put the audio up as a podcast, uh, program yourself then. And, uh, and then I, I take like the first part, I do like a lesson, you know, and I, I chop that off. I'll put that on TikTok and, and YouTube as well. But uh, so I don't know, did you miss anything? I don't know, Pro probably not too much. I think you got here pretty early, Kat. How you doing, Kat? How things going? And anyone, if, if anyone has any questions, you know, feel free to ask them. I'm here on a snowy day in uh, New England and uh, it is, I don't know, kids out of school. <laughs> As always, these kids are out of school all the time these days. <laughs> But uh, it's been fun. It's playing uh, Find the Mark with my son. Roblox. Love that stuff. <laughs> so anyways, what are you all thinking about? How's, how's the weight loss going? How's the health going? The creating changes. You know, that's what we're talking about. So, uh, yeah, I know. It's been kind of, it's been a funny day for me because it's, uh, it's always funny when there's a snow day, right? And it's, it's a heavy snow. I didn't even do the driveway yet. So I'll get to that. But anyways, yeah, so I don't know. It's funny. I will say it, just another thing to talk about, you know, along the path of weight mastery, you, all, you know, I always talk about the difference between like weight loss and weight mastery. And what you really want is weight mastery. Okay. That's what you're looking for um, because you don't just want to lose weight, right? You, you want to master your weight once and for all. You want to return to your goal weight and live there for the rest of your life on your autopilot. That's the real goal, you know? And so that is a different process right from the get-go. You know, right from the beginning when you articulate that goal of wanting to live at your goal weight for the rest of your life, as opposed to just losing some weight, it, it programs your mind differently, right? And everything I do is all about subconscious programming because your subconscious mind is what's running your weight. You're not consciously in control of your weight. You're not consciously in control of your eating, you know? It is much more of um, you running subconscious programs that you don't even realize are there a lot of times, you know? You may be aware of some of them, but a lot of these subconscious programs were installed along the way without you even realizing it. So what am I talking about? I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about all of your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors are subconscious programs. And when it comes to weight loss, people are always trying to force themselves to eat differently, right? But there always feels like there's this part of you fighting against you, doesn't it? It feels like you're battling yourself. And to some degree, you kind of are, 
right? Because your subconscious programs are just running like they always have, but then all of a sudden consciously you're trying to fight against them, right? That, that's what we call your willpower, right? But I call it your conscious mind. Your conscious mind is about 10% of your brain. It's your prefrontal cortex. Evolutionarily, it's the newest part of your brain. And it's the part that makes you a human. It's where your logic is, your rationality is. Um, it's the part of you that knows what you should do, knows why you want to lose weight, tries to get you to do it. Um, and that's pretty much the part that most people rely on to try and lose weight. They try and use that part to control every food decision they're going to make and all their behaviors. But you're not built that way. You're built to be pretty much on autopilot, to run subconsciously. And so it ends up happening as soon as you go on a diet is you have all your subconscious programs that just run. And then you have your conscious mind trying to fight against them and stop them. And so it feels like a battle, right? It feels like a never ending battle. And, and it is when you approach it that way. So the alternative here, what we're looking to do is to use your conscious mind to reprogram your subconscious mind, to put new programs in that run automatically. And that's the real secret. Um, because right now, the way the diets are, they're always setting you up to fight against yourself forever. Right? It's just you fighting against your natural natural thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Um, but those subconscious programs, you know, they're really not natural. You just learned them when you were younger, don't realize it. So writing with your hand, right? You know how to write now, you know how to read, right? And it feels natural to you, right? Because you've been doing it so long and it's so easy and automatic for you. But it wasn't easy and automatic. You spent a lot of time, a lot of practice, a lot of reinforcement learning how to read and write. But now what? Now it's a subconscious program that you just run automatically. And you can look in your life and see, you know, just thing after thing that runs like this using, you know, a computer mouse, right? It's the same thing. Remember the first time you used a computer mouse? It's like all over the place, herky-jerky. But now it's just smooth, right? You've just, you've figured it out. And so, I mean, it's like limitless, like the number of things that are like this. But what's important here is your eating habits are subconscious programs and you just run them automatically. So how quickly you eat or how slowly you eat, right? Becomes a subconscious program. Um, what foods you crave, right? How often you eat, whether you snack, whether you eat full dinners, whether you like to eat fast food, whether you like to eat natural, healthy food, you know? All of this stuff is subconscious programming. And so what you're doing all the time is you're always fighting against this, you know? But instead you should work to reprogram your subconscious mind so that you have new programs that are running. Um, ones that keep you at your goal weight. That, that's kind of the theory. And so um, when you understand how to do this, the whole process just changes, you know? I'm not saying it's the easiest thing in the world, um, but I'm saying it's a path that makes sense, you know? Whereas right now you're just trying to always force yourself and it lasts for usually a couple days, a couple weeks maybe, and you're not able to stick with it, you know? And it's literally because you're fighting against yourself. So... Um, there's other ways to approach this, you know, but, um, yeah, so I don't know, getting ready to do a coaching call in a, a little bit here. Just thought I'd hop on and see if anyone has any, any weight loss questions, anything you're struggling with. I actually just made a video about this too. I'll make some videos on struggles that people are having in terms of eating better and losing weight. But, uh, what it ultimately comes down to really is the mindset, you know, the mindset piece. And so that's what I talk to people about, you know, is all your mindset and, um, you know, what's uh, what's working and what's not. Because weight loss can surprisingly be a lot easier, you know, once you focus in on the mindset and get that piece congruent and going in the direction you want it to go in, you know, as opposed to fighting against it. Um, but yeah, that's how it works. 
So if you have any questions about weight loss, feel free to ask them. Yeah, just put up a you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a couple of them right now. Just I'm looking at I'm looking at TikTok because I just literally just asked this question: What's the number one thing stopping you from losing weight? Um, someone says overeating. Oh, okay, Tracy. Yeah, tracking calories. Well, here's my thoughts on tracking calories. I, oh, you know, this is such a loaded question, but I I don't like tracking calories. Let me back it up. I think there's no right or wrong with weight loss. There's only what works for you. I think you got to sear that idea deep, deep, deep into your brain, you know, because we've been conditioned. So much of what I talk about is that is you're literally been hypnotized by the diets. They've um, they've literally infected our thinking with how to lose weight to the point that we can't even think about weight loss without thinking about a diet, you know. And so, again, the, the first so a lot of times when I'm talking about stuff is uh. So, so what I'm talking about is, is a lot of times we have these ways of thinking about things that are kind of self-contained. And the way that we think about weight loss is like a prison. It's a mental prison. And so kind of want to break out of it and um, think in different ways. And so I want to take a step back first off. And you want to trust yourself. Um, so if you like tracking calories, it, that, that's kind of in line with your personality. You, you do that. If you hate tracking calories, though, don't do that. Okay, That's what I'm trying to say right off the bat. Um, but tracking calories, I think, is good as a calibration tool. I don't like tracking calories, so I would never want to track and track calories all the time. But what I've done instead is I've ritualized a lot of my eating. I've structured it so that I'm eating in a very similar way week after week. Um, and so I know I'm consuming pretty much the same calories. It, it's a way of measuring calories without tracking them very, very specifically with a tracker or any of that stuff. Okay. Um, but I think tracking calories, you know, like there's what the chron chronometer, that, that's the new one. That one's really good. Um, and there's a number of them, you know, it's the apps, but you know, so specifically what, what's the issue with tracking calories? Is it hard to like actually do it? Is it hard to face what you've eaten? Um, is it hard to just keep it up because it's boring? You know, it, it depends on what the specific challenge with the tracking calories is. But cause again, I, I seen most people don't like to track calories. That's what I've seen. And so, um, it's always like with weight loss, we're so in this mindset, you have to force yourself. It's really, you're always forcing your square peg into a round hole. That That's dieting in, in a nutshell, in my opinion. And we never, because we just want the fastest results. Just tell me what to do and I'll just do, I'll track calories. Da, da, da. But it's like, I always take a longer term approach to it. Yeah, I don't like tracking calories. I don't either, you know? Um, but I do think it's good to calibrate because I think a lot of times where our calibration is way off, meaning we think a serving size is, a serving size and it's actually four or five serving sizes right or three or four and so if that's going on well we're never going to lose weight and then we think we're doing everything right you know what i mean and that's where the troubles get, come from is what oh how many times i heard this no matter what i do i can't lose weight that ain't true <laughs> that is almost i've never seen that to be true maybe it can be in some really extreme situation that i don't know about but almost always when someone says that what's happening is they're consuming more calories than they realize you know, they, they're like, I, I've, I'm only eating one serving of this. Are you measuring it? No. Can you measure it this week and find out? Uh, okay. It was two, three. I just let, I do that all the time. So anytime someone says I'm not losing weight, it's almost always a calorie, you know, situation. So, but anyways, I like, I think it's a good idea to track for a little while and say, oh, okay, that's a serving size. That's a, da, 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 that's that. And start to educate yourself a bit about what the serving sizes are, calories, um, sugar, I'd pay attention to. And, uh, then, you know, kind of learn from there and, and move forward. Um, 
how much calories does water have? Zero. Yep. A gallon of it has zero, right? 10 gallons of it has zero. Um, thoughts on fasting then? Yeah, fasting is, I want to be specific because, you know, sometimes people are talking about unhealthy fastings, multi-days, water fastings, and I think that's a dumb idea. I think, unless you're doing it for some spiritual reason or some some other reason other than weight loss, I think long-term fasting for weight loss is, is the goofiest thing you could do, you know? Um, I think intermittent fasting is is good. I like it. I kind of stumbled into, I back, kind of backed into intermittent fasting. Uh, 30 years ago, I wanted to work on, my worst habit was eating after dinner at night. Every single night I was eating after dinner. And so I really went to work on that. And so the solution I ultimately landed on is I stopped eating at six, seven o'clock at night. I don't eat till seven, eight o'clock the next morning. And so, hey, what do you know? That's intermittent fasting, right? But um, it wasn't called that then, but that's what it is. But I'm a huge fan of it. That has been one of the core shifts I've made uh, in my eating and in my lifestyle that has really made a huge difference. And I, I couldn't, it's, it's amazing. I will tell you, and I, I've, I would never believe this. I've done, I've done this for 20 years. I've been working professionally, helping people lose weight. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. And uh, one thing that, that never ceases to amaze me, and I am always working on making it better, is the lack of awareness people have about how they feel after they've eaten and how much energy it takes. Because digestion is a huge use of energy, you know? And um, that energy pulls from our ability to think clearly, to, to have energy to do things, emotional energy to feel up and good. <laughs> so eating all the time is just, it's very unnatural, right? And in, in the natural world, we never ate all the time. Um, and it's just, we're not built for that. You know what I mean? Like, cause I'll tell you one thing, the way if I, there's one thing and this just, it, every day it just seems to dawn on me more and more, but it's like when it comes to weight loss in this society, I'm just going to step back one second here. When it comes to weight loss, again, we're, we're mostly informed by diets and the diets are bullshit. You have to understand this, that all the diets that we've learned through osmosis or through actually trying them are almost all bullshit. And, you know, you have to understand that the diets and the food companies are the same thing. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Slim Fast was owned by the same company that owns Ben and Jerry's, Unilever. Um, the company that owns Atkins Food Products is the same company that owns Onions, Pretzels, and Cinnabon. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so the, these these diets that they're always putting out, they're, they're it's like a carnival game. And I swear they're just designed just to you know, cause you get so upset. I don't lose the weight. And then you go and look to a diet to try and guide you to lose the weight. They never work. Right. Who do you know? It's lost a weight long-term on a diet. Right. When a friend of yours says, Oh, I'm going to start blah, blah, blah diet. Do you ever believe that it's going to work for him? You know? And so they never, ever, never, you know, there's, there's, I could talk about this for hours and I'm not gonna, but, um, one thing the diets never do is a, they never, they never give you a mindset. They never show you to deal with the mindset. It's always like, oh, just do this. But hey, the problem with your weight loss isn't that you don't know what to do. It's that you can't get yourself to do it consistently. That's the problem. And they never teach you that piece. And the other piece is the holistic piece. And this is where I was coming in with this, is that there's such a lack of context to what's going on when we eat these foods. And I think it's very intentional because I think once we started thinking of, we're in a stage, I swear, it's like the cigarettes in the 60s. It was right, right on the cusp they knew they, had, they knew the studies that they caused lung cancer. That, they'd known that for decades, and they sat on it, flooded the zone with confusing information. So people that didn't know, um, 
didn't know about like the damage of cigarettes. Hard to imagine now, right? Um, and then it all came out. And then now at this point, we think of cigarettes, cancer, lung cancer. I think we're at that similar point when it comes to the foods, these manufactured processed foods, where we don't really appreciate how damaging they are to our bodies. That's literally at this point, eating and, and you know what we're eating and how we're living is the number one cause of preventable death. You know, and so it's like it's it's worse than cigarettes because there's so many more people that eat this way. You know, it's a, it's a they call it an epidemic, you know, but it's an epidemic that we don't really take very seriously. Now that we've seen what it's like to take something serious. Right. There's a real pandemic. I guess that's a real response. Right. But here we go. And we're losing, you know, all these people. And this is my story. But my father died when I was when he was 54. I was nine years old of a heart attack. You know, he, he was technically obese, unhealthy lifestyle, didn't know how to change his eating and died left you know it was horrible and so to me weight is life and death um this is like it's not just looking better um but what it, what it comes down to is that we have such a lack of context to never mind if i eat a bag of cookies oh i might put some weight on me never mind that if i eat that bag of cookies what's going on within five minutes in my body <laughs> right cookies are basically powder flour sugar and it's absorbed into your body extremely fast unnaturally fast there's no foods in the natural world where you can spike your blood sugar that quickly. Never happened in all history. You know, honey was about the sweetest thing. Even the fruits were super fibrous. They weren't as sweet as they are now. So this ability to just skyrocket our our glucose levels is is unheard of. It's unprecedented. And um, then what happens, it just kicks off a whole chain reaction. You know what I mean? But when you start thinking about the systemat systematic effect of what these foods do to you instantly, it spikes your glucose levels to unnatural levels, which is toxic to your, your system. It's inflammatory. Um, then you have to release a bunch of insulin into your blood to clear it out. And your body's not good at measuring this because it's such an unnatural spike of glucose that it overshoots the insulin and then clears out the glucose. Now you're hungry, right? So now you've, you've spiked your glucose and crashed it. And now you've spiked your insulin levels. Both of those things are inflammatory and toxic at high levels. That's what you've done to your body. Never mind what's going on with your liver. And, um, and now, you know, you are hungry again. And so you're going to repeat this whole process over potentially multiple times a day, multiple days a week, multiple days. <laughs> I go on and on, but it can be a whole lifestyle. I certainly did every day of my life, you know, up until 20, I did this every day. Um, I was eating. It's crazy. I wrote out my eating, how I used to eat when I was a kid and when I was younger. And, uh, and it was just nonstop from, from sun up till sundown, literally, you know what I mean? Just constantly putting you know, sugar and flour. And then the food was even better then than it is now, you know? Um, so I think it's understanding the systematic effects that these foods have in your body instantly, you know? And I think if you looked at it that way, again, it's just like cigarettes, right? It's like people didn't stop smoking. Imagine trying to stop smoking a hundred years ago, right? They were just as addictive. Not exactly. They were almost as addictive, but there was no mindset piece of how bad they were for you. Right. Never mind. Bad for you. You just saw cigarette ads with doctors. This is the healthiest cigarette there is. <laughs> right? You're like, oh, OK, people. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And that, that's bringing me full. I'm doing a long loop here. But um, with cigarettes 100 years ago, people didn't associate cigarettes with with ill health. You said, well, what? How could you not know putting all that smoke in your lungs and your coffin was wasn't good for you? But that's what I'm trying to tell you. That's hypnosis, that we don't just see reality. We see what we believe and what we've been programmed to see. And so just like people didn't even think cigarettes were, were unhealthy, now we do, right? Now you can't not think that, okay? But when it comes to the food, 
you don't think of the food as unhealthy in a visceral way. You have a general idea, ah, that's going to make me overweight. Ah, it's not good for me. Ah, it's not good, right? You don't think about, oh, I'm going to spike my blood sugar. Then I'm going to flood my body with insulin to try and clear it out. Then I'm going to flood my liver with a bunch of sugar, and it's going to be overwhelmed. It can't handle that much. Because you don't even realize just how unnatural, because we, they've normalized it. It's just normal things now. But think about it, right? There was no sugar. 50 years ago, 100 years ago, sugar was like, it was a, it was like gold. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, it was only grown a couple places on the planet. Um, and it wasn't even like the sugar we have now anyways. And so, you know, it's, it's just, um, it, it was an unnatural thing. And now all of a sudden sugar's everywhere in everything we eat, you know, and same with the flour, you know, and they've stripped all the fiber out of the food. So it's like, you, you, I'll give you a way to think about it. And you may not like this, but I don't see how you could disagree with this. That I always say like, like sugar especially is like the co closest thing to cocaine of a food, right? Because think of cocaine. It comes from a coca leaf. People have been chewing coca leaves for thousands of years. They're not addicted to cocaine. Why? Because it's way less concentrated and it's it, it takes a lot longer to absorb, right? Whereas now, why is cocaine so addictive? Because they refine it down to a powder. Why? Because the powder is fastly absorbed. What makes things addictive is the distance between when you take them and then when the effects happen. And so cocaine is so much more addictive than chewing on a coca leaf because it's been powdered down into a concentrated form. So you snort it and it's like, it's instantly hitting your blood. Why is smoking cocaine even worse than that? Because now it's going to your lungs and it's totally absorbed, you know? And that's where a lot of people get in trouble with it. So the sugar is a similar thing. They've refined it down to this super powdered substance same thing with flour and so there's nothing there usually again we no one even ate sugar through most of history that i mean it's really it's a couple hundred years now you know but um flour same thing you know flour is, is what we're eating and there's no there's nothing stopping it there's no fiber right there's there's nothing attached to it we used to just eat you know everything we was eating was kind of fiber based you know the majority of it um or, or it was meat it was stuff that it was absorbed in the body a lot slower that, that glucose release was a lot more gradual than, than the spike we have now. So anyways, it creates systemic problems because your body's not designed that. I always say it's like the tsunami effect, you know, where a tsunami, it's like if you get a foot of rain over a month, the systems can handle it. But if you get a foot of rain in uh, 10 hours, it overwhelms the system. So it's not just even the amount of it. It's the way in the, in the speed that you get it in. And so every time you're eating sugar, and flour at high levels, you're really overwhelming your system. So when you think about it that way, it starts to change the way you think about food and ultimately that changes the way you eat, you know? Um, oh, one time I counted over 75 diets I've tried, never again. <laughs> yeah, right, right, Deb. Um, it's, it's amazing. And, and so here, let me just share with this with you because the diets are, they're so smart. You know, there's so much money, you know what I mean, to be made. Because the diets all, they always put the same narrative out there. You have to understand that, right? So you can look at a diet and say, oh, well, that diet's telling me cabbage and that one's telling me to eat oranges and that one tells me don't eat carbs and this one tells me don't eat for 10 hours a day and this one tells me to count my points. And so there's always, it's always different, you know? And what they all do, they all build themselves around the one, the one thing, one concept because they try and make it seem conceptually as simple as possible. So they say, well, I could do that. Oh, cut carbs out? No problem. I could do that. No carbs? Eh. Do one thing, that's easy. You go to do it. Oh shit, I guess there's a lot more carbs in my life than I thought, right? But um, either way, the diets are always giving you one thing. Oh yeah, I can do that. But they never show you how to do it. And that's how you have to look through the diets and stop with the specifics of it and look and say, 
are they going to show me how to actually implement this and change how I'm thinking and behaving? Or are they just giving me a plan? Because if it's just a plan, it's missing most of what you need to actually change your weight. You know, um, the plan's not enough. You already know enough of what you should and should need to lose weight. You know, the problem is you can't get yourself to do it consistently. And so until something comes along showing you how to do that, you know, just pass it by, you know? Um, thoughts on 600 calories a day, if not hungry, is it one meal a day? Um, I mean, you know, uh, 600 calories a day, you might be in the wrong spot here. Cause I mean, I'm about long-term, long-term weight mastery. I'm not about weight loss. Yeah. I, I think you have to get that out of your head because that's part of that diet thing. Okay. So the biggest, the, the outermost frame of a diet is that it's temporary. I'm going to diet until I lose the weight. You know, then what? You know, no one ever answers that. I say, ah, who gives a shit? Once I lose the weight, then I'll figure it out. No, you won't. Because the process of losing weight and the process of mastering are two totally different things. But so anyways, back to, to 600 calories a day. I mean, that's for what? For what is be the point of that? You know, um, if not hungry, I mean, who's not gonna be hungry at 600 calories a day? You know, unless you're just half unconscious because you can't stay awake. So I'm, I'm busting your chops here, but it's like, to me, it's like 600 calories a day is, is a temporary plan. And so why, why would you ever want to follow a temporary plan? You know? Um, hey, you're welcome. I mean, I, I would, I just don't understand it. You know, I would rather, I, I wouldn't waste a second. Now, again, this is the, this is my experience talking because I've done stuff like that. I've, I've been a raw foodist. I've done fasting. I've done all that stuff. Um, and what I've come away with is realizing that if, if I'm, I'm not going to waste a second of my time or energy on a plan that's not for the long term. And that's been the best decision I've ever made in my life because every single thing I do that's related to my weight is always backed by the question, can I do this forever? Is this something I'd want to do forever? That doesn't mean that something initially might not be a little hard or challenging, okay? But in my mind, I say, it's okay. It's a little challenging now, but I'm going to habituate to it and this is something I want to have in my life. That question sets you up for so much more success because when we start thinking, oh, I'm going to cut 600 calories so I can lose weight quick, you, 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 you just can't see past that. But what's past that is you can't eat 600 calories for long and then you start eating a, whatever. You don't eat 1,200 calories, 1,800 calories, 2,500 calories. At some point, the calories go up and so does your weight. So what's the point? What was the point of it? You know, if you want to do some photo shoot for some reason or there's some short-term goal and you're going into it with that mindset, I guess... But it's like, if you're just, what, what are you going to do? I always joke. I'm like, what are you going to be like the, it's always like the cliche of like the, the guy who's always talking about his glory days in, in high school, you know? And it's like, what are you going to do? Just talk forever about how you were X amount of pounds once for a day. <laughs> you don't even like, like, what's the, what's the outcome that you're looking for? You know, to say, oh, it was, it was X amount of pounds, you know? So, so start thinking longer term, you know? Um, it's cause it's like when you start thinking long, cause here's the thing too, right? Weight loss is just so superficial. Like if, if all you care about is weight loss, it's such a superficial goal, right? You just want to look a certain way. You don't give a shit if you're miserable. 600 calories a day, you are miserable. You don't tell me you're not hungry. It's 600 calories a day. You're weak, you're tired, you're grumpy. You're thinking about food constantly. You're obsessed with it, most likely. And, um, oh, but I lost some weight. Well, who cares? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, what's the point here? Which gets back to another thing that you've got to make this about more than just a number on a scale, you know, because that number on a scale doesn't make you happy. <clears throat> you understand? Weight and money are like this. They're means to an end. In and of themselves, they don't make you happy. 
if you're starving yourself and you're obsessed with food and and everything's you know terrible, but you're but you don't weigh much, like like you know, you're like what what are we doing? That's such a shitty, low quality, desperate goal, you know. Now, um, let me talk. I, I don't know how old you are, Lauren, but I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go into dad mode. I don't know if anyone likes when I go into this mode. I, I got a daughter, and so I'll give her my my spiel because I think I think in this society, I think young women have it. I think women in general have it hard and I think young women have it harder. And I think it's this idea that, that it's so about how you look. Okay. 22 turns 23. So here, take it or leave it. No, it comes from a good place. Um, that I think a lot of times younger women, it's just about so much of how you, we look, you look, you know, and, um, but it's like, don't buy into that shit. <laughs> you know, I mean that because <clears throat> what we put out into the world, we get back. And if all you care about is your weight, that's all that matters to you, then you're going to attract someone that only they care about is your weight. And it just puts you on a path that's a miserable path as far as I can tell, you know? So make this process of mastering your weight one of personal development, you know? I always say you want to take your weight loss and wrap it in personal development, you know? You want to make this a process of becoming the best Lauren that you can possibly be. Whatever the hell that's going to be. Maybe that Lauren weighs a little more. Who gives a shit? If that's the Lauren that is the best you, most energized, happiest, brightest moods, most balanced moods, um, feels the best, most energized, most confident, you know? Because that confidence, it's not real confidence when we're just focused on that number on the scale. You know this, right? It never ends. That's the problem, right? When all you care about is that number on the scale, you, you, get, you get lower and lower and lower. And you say, Jesus, I still don't feel confident. I still don't feel happy. What the hell, you know? And, and that's the trap. And that trap starts right at the beginning, though. You know, and this is true for everyone. You know, you've got to give more meaning to your weight loss. It can't just be about a number on a scale for anyone because that number, it's what we call an extrinsic motivator, right? And um, it only matters, <clears throat> that number on the scale only matters um, to certain people, A, but but what really matters is how you're feeling and how you're living, you know? And, and again, if you're trying to do 600 calories a day, it's such a stressful, anxious way of living because you know you can't keep it up. You know, and um, and then there's all, you know, there's the, the people in your life are just all worried and, and upset. And it's just such a negative way of living. Let's be honest, you know, and um, and there's no there's no positive. There's no light at the end of the tunnel either when you really think about it. So what I'm telling you is that, you know, and you do it now. You got to do it now. Everyone, again, whether you're struggling to get up, you know, get the weight and get healthy or whether you're struggling to get down to a healthy weight. The one thing that remains the same is. I think the most effective way to do that is to really articulate who do you want to be, right? That, that's what my whole process is based around the self-image. How do you think about yourself? You know, who do you want to be in this life? You know, who do you want to live as? What, what goals do you want to accomplish? What feelings do you want to experience regularly? You know, um, it's about becoming the person that you want to be and then powering that engine, that body that's going to allow you to do that. And, and I'm telling you, I know it for a fact, this path brings you what you're looking for, you know, that just on the outside being a weight does not, you know, Be, being a weight on the outside and feel like you're dying on the inside, you know? And so, so it's, it's, it's so important that I think you set this up congruently um, right from the beginning, congruently meaning that it's not just that I'm going to weigh a certain weight, but I'm going to be a certain version of myself. I, I think that's the question to ask. It brings you in the right direction. You can feel it the whole time. You know, and it gives the whole process a lot more meaning, you know, because the weight in of itself, again, it just doesn't, 
It's just, you know, it's like money. Let's put it in a different context. It's like if you're out there, you know, robbing people, robbing old ladies and stealing their money, is it, you know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> you know, it's, it's not, that, that's not how you want to live your life. You know, even if you're making some money, that's not a high quality of life. So that's a way to kind of a, another way I always like to put it is that choose the goal weight that's going to give you the best quality of life, the weight that's going to make you the happiest, the healthiest, and let you be the best version of yourself. You know, <laughs> Ginger says, you're on fire today with this information. It's all in the mind shift to living healthier. Thank you, Ginger. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, it's all mindset, you know, all of it. It, it. It's, I always tell your mindset is the number one thing impacting your weight. It's more important than your genetics, your metabolism, your metabolic disorder, your type two diabetes, your thyroid, your menopause, all of it. Your mindset's the number one most important thing. And um, it's because we've all been hypnotized. You have to think, right? It's every food ad you've seen, and we've seen millions of them in our lives, right? Every food ad we've ever seen, you have to think is like a little miniature hypnosis session, you know, where they're looking to program our subconscious mind to think about food in a way that's not normal. It's not natural. And it affects us. I promise you, even if you think it's a stupid commercial, it's still impacting you, you know? So you've got to change that mindset. And it changes the whole process. That's how you do it, you know? And so, so again, we call this a paradigm, right? We all live within paradigms. And so we have a weight loss paradigm that is, um, you know, it, it's very compromised because that the way we think about weight loss, it's okay. It's like, Imagine that there was never any anti-smoking commercials in our lives. Imagine cigarette companies, no one ever busted their chops ever, you know? And so there was cigarette stores, there were cigarette vending machines everywhere. There was ads all the time for them. There was never any cigarette warnings on, on packages. No one ever talked about the studies that they caused cancer. And then on top of that, there was nonstop cigarette ads about how cool they were. They were advertising to kids, candy cigarette for kids, you know, camel buck points for kids so they can get camel gear and swag right? Imagine that reality. Well, that's the reality with the food we live in. There's literally no, no control over it. And you really have to watch. Oh, okay. Yeah. I work in advertising. So, you know, Ginger, <laughs> I don't know if your name is Grace or Ginger. Um, I'm, I'm thinking now it's Ginger, red hair, Grace, and then face rhymes with Grace. Is that how we got there? So yeah, you work in advertising. So you, you, to some degree, understand subconscious programming. Ginger, okay. Um, so you understand subconscious programming because it's you know advertising is fascinating because you know you look at the beginning, the beginning of advertising. You would get ads with text. It looked like a term paper, and it was all words describing why their thing was the best. And you watch the progression of advertising where now it's like, it's just like random stuff that I'm talking about. I think the the best version of that is probably like like Geico ads. Right. Whether it's like they're just non like, what, what was that about? You know? And so what they're looking to do is they're always looking to associate, they're looking to elicit an emotion and attach it to their product. And it's all very subconscious. It's not logical. It's not rational, but it influences us. And that's a big part of what's driving our behavior. And the worst part is that we're blind to it. We just can't even see it, you know? And so, and so, but, but, and the sad part is that because people can't see kind of the granular factors that lead to their behaviors, they feel like they take it on themselves. There's something wrong with me. I have no willpower. I have no ability to change my behaviors because they don't understand these granular, deeper processes going on that are leading them to the behavior. You know, they're not used to looking at that, but I promise you the way you're thinking about things is leading you know, to your behaviors. And so the, the best way to change your behaviors is not willpowering them. It's changing the thoughts, 
You see, it's kind of like metaphorically, it's like you're always planting seeds. Say you hate tomatoes. You're always planting tomato seeds subconsciously. And then you're not recognizing that part though. You're just realizing why the hell are all these tomato plants growing? I hate tomatoes, you know? And you're taking tomatoes and throwing them against a tree. <laughs> but there's more and more tomato plants all the time. And like, I hate tomatoes, you know? And you're always trying to fight against the tomatoes instead of changing the seeds. And, and that's kind of like because of your mindset. Um, yeah, we're desensitized to advertising like so completely and the food thing you have to understand because it's not just the food it's the diets too they've got us and to be honest it's also the medical establishment it's a trifecta i always call this the obesity conspiracy because it's the food companies obviously we know that the diets and the food companies are the same thing y'all heard me say that weight watchers owned by heinz jenny craig's owned by nestle they're all owned by big companies um and then the medical establishment. Now, I love medicine. I love me some doctors. However, it is a system that is built on treating symptoms, not on finding cures. And there is a lot of money being made on your type 2 diabetes, on your heart disease, on your, you know, metabolic disorders, okay? And they're, they're not educating you to what's going on. And, and I blame them for that. I, I think, you know, you go to a doctor, 70 pounds, you might want to think about losing 70 pounds. Okay. See you later. See you next year, doc. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, what? You know what I mean? Like, like, and even if you get type two diabetes, they don't explain to you what's going on very well. Oh, just only white foods. Huh? What's that mean? You know? So it's, I don't know. It makes me, it makes me nuts. But, um, yeah, <laughs> the doctors don't lie. Um, Lauren says, not sure if you know the answer, but does drinking collagen powder help with loose skin? Um, I don't know that answer. I tend not to believe any of that stuff, but what does tend to help with loose skin if you're losing a lot of weight is, is to lose it slowly, you know, allow your body the time to kind of, um, you know, adjust for it. You know, that, that, that's the best thing I would suggest. Um, but yeah, so, so ultimately, you know, what I do with people is I help them advertise to themselves, I guess I would say, um, and I advertised them too, you know, but it's like, if you think about it, there's the crazy part. It's like, how, how do you, where in your life do you get any positive programming? Do you know what I mean? Like, where do you get any positive messaging about how to eat healthier, how to feel better, how to be happier, you know, um, how to deal with your emotions in a genuine way, you know, and strategies to, to do that and make that happen, you know? And, um, yeah, it's just, it's kind of rare, is it not? <laughs> you know, and instead you get, you get all these advertisements for people that, uh, you know, you, you get advertisements from people selling products to you, you know? And so I don't know, you, you rarely get like the positive, positive messaging, you know what I mean? That, that, that makes all the difference in the world, you know? And when you start thinking differently, you start acting differently, you know, and no, no one ever looks at that level. But again, everything you do, kind of what you feel habitually, what you think, what you feel and how you behave habitually has all been programmed in primarily, you know? And so instead of fighting against that programming, it makes a lot more sense to reprogram yourself or to put new programs in that, that run in the direction you want them to go in, you know? And it's a lot easier. That, that's the point. The results are better and it's just a lot easier than the struggling against yourself. You know, so that's why I get out here all the time. I try to make this message that, um, you know, it's, it's really about thinking differently more than just like, oh, some new diet. Well, what about that new, that new medicine? Well, about the Ozempic, you know, 
it's like when you get to the point where you're like, oh, what about the Ozempic? And, and, and no offense, Lauren, but what about 600 calories? What about the surgery? You know, and again, I, I, I don't know. There's a time and a place for, for everything pretty much. But it's like when you get to that point and, and you feel like you're so desperate and there's nothing else for you to do. It's like there is something else for you to do. You know what I mean? Because it's like, when's the last time you worked on your mindset, you know, in terms of your weight and your health and your happiness, right? And for most people, it's never, you know? And so that's why I get out here. I do all this stuff. I just do these lives for free. I do the, all the videos, the podcasts for free. Because I just want you to recognize that there is another way. There is another approach. This is not the only way. Dieting is not the only way. It's one bullshit way that the food companies have put into your brain, you know? Um, and it's amazing because it works for them. It works well, you know? People are just so tunnel visioned in, you know? But you never hear another message, right? It's just, it's all different forms of dieting, different forms of willpower-based change strategies, you know, that don't work. Your mind's not built that way, you know? You're not built to micromanage autopilot things like eating, you know? that that It's like, imagine all of a sudden you had to start Imagine like you had to remind yourself to breathe. You had to remember to breathe, right? We'd all be dead by the end of the day. <laughs> we'd forget. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like our brain's not set up to consciously remember all these things we do consistently. That's not how we're set up. Which just is a whole nother point. The fact that a lot of people, I do these lives all the time. People be like, well, I've been trying for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, lose weight. And it's like, you know as little about losing weight now as you did 30 years ago. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's like, oh, a new diet. Oh, go try this one. Go try this one. Go try this one. Right. And it's like, you never take a step back and say, you know, this diet approach is not working. Your human brain's not set up this way. You say, you know what? The diets aren't working. I, I think I should do something different because humans are just funny like this. And that's why I think these diets, I, I you know, I, I know a bit about psychology and more importantly, I know a lot about hypnosis. Um, that's a whole nother conversation, but I see what they're doing. And it's like, if I was going to, if I was a food manufacturing company and I wanted people to keep eating my shit, but I knew they were going to get frustrated with their weight sometimes want to change it, I'd create a diet and I would create a diet exactly like they did. Because it's hypnotically, it's the perfect way to get someone to not actually change, but think they're changing, right? So it's like, for example, there's a, your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to get that, Ginger. I saw that. Um, so so your your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. So if I tell you not to think about something, right? So logically, you understand what I mean, right? I'm going to tell you to not think about something. You can try and do it, but let me know what you think about. Don't think about, don't think about a banana, right? Don't think about a banana, a banana. Don't think about it, right? So I said, don't think about it, but did you think about a banana? Yeah, of course, right? So what's a diet, right? It's basically saying don't eat, don't eat those cookies. Don't eat that ice cream. Don't eat that pizza. Don't eat those chips. Don't drink that soda. Right? <laughs> is that what a diet is ultimately? It's focused on all the things you're not supposed to eat. And your subconscious mind doesn't even understand that. So it just keeps thinking about the things you're not supposed to eat. Now, the second thing your subconscious mind you might want to know is that it can't tell the difference between vivid imagination and reality. Right? This is why you like to watch movies and TV shows. Right? Because you're sitting there and you're having a vicarious experience. Hey, you watch sports on TV. You feel like you're playing sports. You're release, literally releasing adrenaline in your body. Hey, you watch a funny movie, you're sitting there laughing. You know, watch a sad movie, you feel sad. So our subconscious mind makes these imaginations feel real. 
So if you're always in your mind on a diet, thinking about cookies, thinking about ice cream, thinking about this, thinking about that, and you're hungry on top of it, it's causing you to feel increased cravings for the exact thing you're trying to avoid. You know, A diet in that sense is masterful if you wanted to be cynical and say that they create this diet approach because they don't actually want you to stop eating these foods. They want you to feel like you're doing something in that direction, but knowing full well that you are literally driving yourself right towards overeating them again. To the point, there's literally, look this up if you don't know it, it's called the what the hell effect. And it's unique to dieters, that when dieters, they've done a study, long story short, when they bring dieters in and they eat more than they thought they were should, basically when they broke their diet a little bit, they have a tendency to way overeat right after that. As opposed to a normal person who eats a little more than they thought they did, they, they just, whatever. But dieters, as soon as they make a mistake on their diet, typically they call it the what the hell effects. They go, what the hell, who cares now, right? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, but but you have to understand that that's a, that's a again, that's that's the plant. That's, that's the outcome of that approach. You know, this approach where you're always restricting because you're, what you're doing, and you probably know this, but you're, you're generating a very unhealthy relationship with food, you know, through the diets as well. You're hating food. You're trying to ignore it. And it's just, it's such a, Again, if you understand hypnosis, you can see the futility of, of this approach. It's plain as day. It's like, it's like driving, you know, it's like when you want to drive your car and you want to stop, you usually take your foot off the gas and then put on the brake, right? But the way you're trying to diet, it's almost like you got your foot pinned to the gas and then you're trying to stop by pushing all the way down the brake. <laughs> you're trying to, you know what I mean? You're fighting yourself that way. And that's what the diet feels like, you know? And it, it's just, it's unhealthy externally, internally. It's just, it's a mess. You know, and um, it bums me out because, I mean, it's it's life and death. You know what I mean? People are dying because they can't stop eating. You know, it's like we, we've minimized all this. You know what I mean? Like I talk about this. People, oh, you're, Jim, you're boring. You're taking away all my fun. It's like, oh, I mean, well, some of the heroin acts like, oh, you know, if I was an anti-drug drug counselor, oh, Jimmy, take away all my fun, my, my heroin. We don't think of it that way right? so with the heroin, cigarettes. You know what I mean? Like like alcohol to some degree. We, we like associate all this negative stuff to it, right? But then there's food. It's the opposite, right? We associate all this positive stuff, never-endingly positive stuff, you know? And I like to eat food. So it's like, I'm not saying, again, that I'll get into strategy. I say like, I don't think you should just give up certain foods forever. I think you should strategically moderate them. I think that's the smart point. But um, when you look at a dieter, it's like, it's such a dipshit approach. I, I hate to say that to you, but it's it's goofy, you know what I mean? It's plain goofy. Um, it's as goofy as driving a car, like you're with some kid driving a car and they put their both feet on. Them. No, what are you doing? You take your foot off the gas, you know? Yeah, Ginger says it'll be interesting to see if the people who have lost weight keep it off when they go off Ozempic. What, what do we think? <laughs> you know? Um, hey, yeah, we welcome, Lauren. I'm, I'm glad you appreciate that. You should follow. Follow for, for more stuff. I'm posting stuff all the time. It's always the same message, which you can't hear enough of, to be honest, um, because I'm combating... You know, <laughs> think about it, right? You watch TV. Let's just say you watch four hours of TV at night, right? On regular commercial TV. You're going to see four hours, 20%, 25% commercials, um, 25% commercials. So if you watch TV for four hours, that's an hour of commercials, right? At least half of those are food commercials, you know? So you do like a half hour hypnosis session every day. Yeah, right, Ginger? I, I get that, you know? Um, I'll, I'll tell you why, you know? in one second here. But th if you, you have to start thinking about commercials as hypnosis sessions, 
you know when i when i when i i don't really watch network tv i don't watch commercial tv for a long time um because i learned hypnosis i, I you know what i mean like it's just when you know what's what's going on oh I don't, you know I don't, oh, I don't care about that commercial I just ignore the commercials uh, no you don't you don't ignore them um especially if it's for a food you like right if, if there's a food you like and all there's a commercial for it you're ignoring that <laughs> um but anyways right so if you watch four hours right think about it it's like that's a half hour of food hypnosis getting you to overeat right every single day of your life you know um yeah ginger says that gain and lose the same 20 pounds that, that's very common and i'll tell you why that is that's because your self-image right? so in my program there is the i have a 60 page workbook that, that you go through it's really your weight mastery blueprints and they're all customized to you and so the first section is mindset so there's three pillars of success mindset of mastering your weight mindset lifestyle eating and I'm putting them in pillar form, but it's really like a pyramid form because the bottom most important level is mindset, then lifestyle, and then the eating on top. Um, so, but the mindset starts with motivation. And then as soon as you're motivated, the real work begins of mastering your weight is changing your mindset. And so I can tell you almost guaranteed, Ginger, that you think of yourself at this point as that 20 pound plus person. That's how you think of yourself primarily. And so you'll go on a diet, but even when you're dieting and you're losing the 20 pounds, you don't even feel like, that doesn't feel like the real you. That feels like you're just kind of pretending for a little while. And then you go back up to your regular 20 pounds up, and then that feels like the real you. That's what you're identifying as, primarily. You don't identify as that lower weight, you know? And so in my program, the self-image is really the core of the whole process. It's it's not about losing, th think about this. I'll, I'll give you, a, I'll, I'll simplify what I'm saying in a different way. That most people approach their weight loss goal in terms, they'll say, well, I want to lose X amount of pounds, but that it means a lot less to your subconscious mind. Because when we're just talking about your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives, right? So you're always, oh, I want to lose this, I want to lose this, I want to lose this. And what happens is I would say instead is you want to say, I want to weigh X amount of pounds, you know? And um, what happens is you start to imagine yourself as the person you want to be instead of the person you don't want to be. You see, you're always, you're always focusing on you 20 pounds heavier and you don't like it. And you're always saying, I want to lose the weight. I want to lose the weight. I want to lose weight, which here, this might blow your mind. I don't know. Some people kind of, this hits for them and some doesn't, but most people in their head, are, I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. I just want to lose the weight. Well, they lose the weight and now their mind's like, well, what do I do now? I just want to lose the, I, want, oh, I lost it. Uh, and now it's a weird, weird feeling, right? Now, technically you got to your goal. Everything should be great. But it feels weird. It feels weird. Uh, who am I? What am I doing? Uh, I just got to lose the weight. I got to lose the weight. <laughs> I got to put the weight back on. No. Oh, all right. Got that weight back on. Now I got to lose it. Oh, I got to lose this weight. But now you feel comfortable, right? So again, you may not like the weight, but you have to understand that subconsciously you're comfortable with it. You're familiar with it. And that's what your subconscious mind cares about. It just likes knowing what it knows. And so, yeah, 20 pounds heavier, you don't like it, but you're familiar with it. You believe you're safe at that way because you have lived a lot of your life that way. And so the process of change really is not about can you restrict your calories and drop 20 pounds? That's not what's keeping you overweight. What it is is how you think about yourself. And it's a process of really identifying, creating the self-image, articulating it, and then developing it and making it automated um, of being the person you want to be, being Ginger, who is 20 pounds lighter. Right? Just like you said, yeah, right? I said, exactly. It's like I'm in a fog when I'm at the low weight. Yeah, because you don't even feel like yourself. It just feels weird, you know? And you have not prepared yourself to live at that weight. You don't 
think about that. You just expect, oh, I just lose the weight. Once I lose it, then I'll just, I don't know, keep it off. But you've done it a bunch of times now, so at least you can have the awareness that what I'm saying is true, right? And I know, how do I know this, right? I always say like, I know more about, I know more about what you think about your weight than you do. <laughs> I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I know how people think about this stuff and I know the little things that are keeping them stuck. But the self-image is one of the biggest ones. And so yeah, you don't like the weight, but you're comfortable with it or you're familiar with it, I should say. And, um, you know, so it's a process not of, oh, can I stop, can I cut my calories down and drop 20 pounds? That's not the process for you. The process is, who do I want to be? Who's ginger 20 pounds lighter? Whatever that number would be. Who's ginger at X pounds? You know, and why do I want to be her? What would life be like as that version of ginger? You know, um, how would I feel? How would I eat? How would I go through my life? How would I think about myself? How would I communicate with my friends, my family? How would I be that person, that version of me? You know, and that's the real secret to, to again, that's the difference, right? With losing weight, mastering your weight. And I told you right from the beginning that that goal of losing weight subcontinent in a hypnotic sense as a suggestion is a shitty one because it's all about what you don't want to be. I don't want to be ginger is 20 pounds heavier, you know? Well, what do you want? Right? Cause it's like you said, Oh, don't think, don't think about a banana. Don't think about a banana. Don't think about a banana. Right. You keep thinking about the thing you don't want. And so you, so you, you don't realize that you're programming it in, you know? So it's a process of programming in a new weight because you're a different person. That, that's the process that gets you the results. So it's not about losing weight. It's about mastering your weight so that you can live at your goal weight for the rest of your life on near autopilot. That's the better goal, is it not? And that has not been the stated goal that you've been aiming at. You know, no one does. What people are aiming at is for, they're aiming for uh, just to lose the weight, you know? But, and again, the irony of it all, and I'm not, I'm not busting your chops here, but the, the crazy part of, of us being humans is we will just keep doing the same thing. You know, it, it's like, I don't know who said it, but like the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result, you know? And, um, you know, but we, we tend to as humans kind of miss the big picture of stuff and just keep kind of doing stuff over and over again. Sometimes we need someone to point it out, you know? Um, Ginger says, I just want to feel better and I have associated with being a smaller version of myself. So again, even being smaller is not enough. You know what I mean? It just doesn't mean anything to your subconscious mind. Um, and this is the problem everyone has. Everyone, because again, you know what you don't like. I don't like being overweight. I don't like struggling with my weight. I don't like struggling with the food. I don't like thinking about it. You know all the things you don't like. And so it's it's easier to articulate all the things you don't want. You know, it is harder. It's harder for a human brain to say, well, what do I want? That's a harder question to answer, you know? And um you know, even as I just want to feel better again, I, I hear what you say. I know what you mean, but subconsciously that doesn't mean shit. You, you have to be way more specific. That's why I say like the, the 60 page, you know, workbook I talk about, I would say the first 25 pages are probably motivation and self image, you know, because it, it's about clarifying who you want to be in language that moves you, you know, I just want to feel better. That's a shitty goal. I, I, it's better than where you're at probably, but but it's, it's not a bad thing. So let me give you an example of what I mean. So when I talk about like, like what's my motivation to maintain my weight, right? Um, you're not going to hear me saying like, well, I just want to look at my clothes and I want to look at in pictures and I just want to be better. And right. So, so why is it? So right off the bat, I want to live healthy the way I do. And I want to maintain my weight because again, my father died when he was 54 of a heart attack. So for me, this is life and death. 
And so in my mind, and I've been in life since before, before I had my kids, you know, before I was married, but now it's like, I want to be as healthy as I can be because I want to live as long as I can. I don't want to in any way contribute to me dying early and leaving my, my family. I, I, that's the, that's what I think about. So I eat and I live in a way that's very healthy because I want to be alive for my family. Number one, um, my, my immediate family, my, my, my wife and my kids. And then I want to be alive for, for my mom's still alive and my brother, my, my family, my friends, you know, I want to be around as long as I can for that. Then I start getting to the real stuff that also motivates me in addition to them is I want to run a business. I love running my business. I love it. And it's fun. And so for me to be the best business person I can be, I want to have energy. I want to feel good about myself. I don't want to think about my weight. I know what that's like. It uses up so much mental energy, right? I always ask people, it's like, how often are you thinking about your weight in a given day? Food, weight, all that stuff. People be telling me 30, 40, 50, 70% of the time. They're obsessed with it. Well, that's all energy you can't spend on other things that are more important to you in your life. You know, and so it's like, I want to run a business. I want to be a successful business. And this is the person I need to be to make that happen. And then after that, I got all sorts of hobbies I like doing. I want to play guitar and I want to keep on playing. I want to learn piano. I want to keep doing my yoga. I want to keep meditating. There's all these things I want to do and I want to be the person I want to be, you know? And then after that, yeah, I guess I'm looking good in a picture or whatever, being a certain way. Yeah, cool. That's cool. You see, but it's like, there's way more. And I could go into way more detail of all of these things. Okay. And I have, um, but so there's so much more meaning to this process to me than just, ah, I just want to look better and I just want to lose some weight. I just want to, you know what I mean? Like, like, so, so get rid of that just and say, what do I, what do you want? What do you mean by feeling better? Why is this important to you? You know, and that's the process that starts bringing you to a whole different, it changes the entire process, you know? Um, so a little bit of work focusing on motivation and self-image does a lot of the heavy lifting of weight loss, you know, if that makes sense. Um, because you're always trying to make it feel more important to you, you know, but you're always making it a bigger struggle than it needs to be because of the way that you're thinking about the process, the meaning that you've given it, which isn't much, you know, again, I just want to feel better. It's like, well, that's not much. Well, go eat a cookie, eat a cookie to feel better. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to feel vibrant. I want to feel alive. I want to feel light. I like feeling healthy. I want to live for the rest of my life at this exact same weight. Uh, I like never having to think about, you know, losing weight. I like feeling like the best version of me. I like having my energy. I like going to sleep easily. I like waking up energized. I like being bright moods. I like not having to worry about if my clothes are going to fit me. I like anticipating a future where I get older and I'm healthy and I'm, you know, active and I'm doing things. Um, you know what I mean? So I like, get it. Like, that's what I'm trying to tell you. I could keep going. All that, by the way, is hypnosis, you know? So um, I'm passionate about it, but I had to develop that passion almost. And I, never, I did develop it, but it's almost like I had to articulate it. You know, I had to learn how to articulate it in a way that was impactful for me, compelling for me. And that took some work, you know? Just, oh, I just want to lose some weight. The, the, what you've been thinking, if it hasn't been working, it's not going to work moving forward. And the way people think about weight loss is so... So, I really want to lose the weight, but but they're not really giving it much meaning. They're just thinking about it extrinsically. I want to lose weight so I can look better for people. You know, that's usually where most people are at, and that's not enough motivation. So you got to make it more meaningful, and you can you control meaning. Um, so, anyways, uh, all right, everyone, I got to get out of here. But if you ever want to go any further with any of this stuff, go to my bio. Go get the hypnosis session. I'll give you a free hypnosis session. Um, you know, and. Uh, and then once you sign up for the hypnosis session, there's a training, three steps to master your weight. Go watch it if you're serious, you know. 
Um, yeah, Ginger says it makes so much sense. I'll be thinking deeper about my goals. Yeah, exactly. Think more deeply about them, right? What, what do you want out of it? You know, and what do you want? Not what you don't want. You can start with what you don't want. That's fine. But you've got to flip it into what you do want. That's the language of your subconscious mind. You know, that's what makes it more meaningful. So, yeah. So anyways, I have a podcast, Program Yourself. Then my YouTube channel, you can watch. I put some coaching sessions on there I did with people. Those might be very interesting to you. Um, you know, the podcast up all the time, I'm doing TikToks all the time. So I'm all over the place. But get that hypnosis session. I just had someone write to me. It's like, it's it's free, you know. Go listen to it and watch that training. Put yourself on a different path, you know, that then you're on. You can get better results than you ever imagined possible, right? All right, everyone, have a super day. We'll talk soon. Bye.